Hello everyone, and welcome to Language Talk. Sometimes it's hard to find motivation and to stay motivated when learning a new language. In today's episode, Chris and I want to talk about the ways you can improve or find motivation. With that being said, let's begin. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, so we took a break after two episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. If you, if you don't follow our other podcast, it was uh, just not a great week for me. Um, I, I could have, we could have done it, but it definitely would not have been a good product. And we're not, we're not here to put out a bad product, at least not on purpose. No, definitely. It has to all be, you know, stress-free, which is, yeah, the, the basically the, the topic of today's episode, which is motivation. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, kind of, kind of, unfortunately, came at a, a good time for this topic. So, you know, it's, it's easy to keep up on studying and learning and any kind of self-betterment. When things are going well, you have plenty of free time, you're not very stressed. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot harder to find that motivation when things are not going well. So, for the last <laughs> couple of weeks for me, it's not been like awful, awful, but it's just been pretty hectic at my job. And... Uh, yeah. pretty mentally draining so mm. my motivation to study and keep up on my japanese has not been super high what i've been trying to do mm-hmm. and i haven't been doing great but i've i've been doing some is there's a, a new a new resource i've been using it's not duolingo i try to at least when i think of it like just open it for five ten minutes just keep it in keep it at least on the back burner of your brain like yeah. do not stop do not stop it's it's much easier to speed up from a slowdown then start again from a complete stop and that's that's just been where my head's been at for the last couple weeks like don't lose what you have accrued and just try to at least keep your foot on the pedal a little bit even if it's not a good time yeah i think japanese i probably quit and started like four or five times (laughs) over the course of like three years like i would get to a an upper beginner level, nothing too impressive. And then I would get really busy because of work or, you know, like school or, you know, like just daily life. And then I just drop it for like six months. And then I go back and relearn everything I learned in the last six months. And then the same thing would happen again. And that happened to me too in French, you know? So it probably took me like four tries to actually get to a high level in French and like five tries to get to a a decent level in Japanese. I still have a lot to learn, but I understand what you mean. Yeah. So as someone who's had more success with language learning, what are what are your tips for staying motivated and just staying on it as much as possible? Obviously, you, you've not been perfect every time, as you've said, but yeah. you've clearly made a great deal of progress. I think, I think motivation isn't enough. Um, I think motivation goes along with dedication. So... The one, the, one, the one imagery I kind of like is motivation gets you to the gym, but dedication makes you stay. So just because you're motivated to do something doesn't mean you're going to actually do it. You know, I'm, I'm motivated to earn a million dollars, but I'm not dedicated, so I don't earn it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So you, you got you to gotta have both. Um, I always try and find some way to incorporate in my daily life. So a lot of people get stuck on like doing grammar exercises or just doing Duolingo and they, they move their language to one part of their life. And if you don't do it, then you just drop it. So 
if you, for example, like Spanish, like a class example, like there are so many people in the U.S. who take Spanish in high school for like four years, but when they're done, they can't speak a word. And that's because they just, they only associate Spanish with high school. So I do Spanish once a week or twice a week or whatever, and then I don't ever do it. But if you don't incorporate it in other parts of your life, then you won't be successful. So for me, for example, I changed my phone to Japanese and I changed my computer to French. So every time I get on my computer, I'm always reading French. And every time I get onto my phone, I'm always reading German. Hmm. And my Kindle too. So I changed my Kindle to Japanese. So when I get on my Kindle, it's always Japanese. So there's always some part of my life that is always in a language I want to learn. So I'll see it every single day. But if you only do like Duolingo for five minutes, three times a week, you're, you're not going to make any progress. That, that's just my philosophy. Okay, that makes sense. Would you say for, for trying to incorporate it into your daily life and you know changing languages on your devices, would you say there's a barrier to entry to that? Like you have to understand a base, a certain base yeah. level of that language for it to work? Or do you think there's any value in just kind of throwing yourself in the deep end of, hey, your PC's in, you know, uh spanish now it's uh, not going back figure it out you're gonna figure it out one way or another i think if it's some if it's a language closely related to your native language i think you'll be fine so if you just turn your phone into like spanish um there's enough there are enough similarities between spanish and english in terms of vocabulary that you, you'll find your way so i don't think it'll be the end of the world if you if you're not very strong in Russian or you just started learning Russian a couple of days ago, I don't think it's very smart to turn your phone and to, to put your phone into Russian because you're not going to understand anything. So depending on the language, sure, there is a high barrier to entry, I would say. <clears throat> Another part that actually doesn't require any, like any entry is like listening. So I teach French or I don't teach French. I want to teach French, but I teach English and German. And a lot of my students are always kind of apprehensive and they always ask, like, how can I improve my listening? And I say, like, to improve your listening, you got to listen. And they'll say, well, I don't understand anything. So how can I listen? And that's kind of like the mistake. People think you have to understand everything right away. But I would say, and a lot of other people would agree with me, um, is that you can't control what you understand and don't understand. It, it's an automatic process. So people who are like you listening to me speak and people listening to the podcast, if they speak English, they understand right away. Like they don't have a choice. Either they understand it or they don't, but you can't influence it. And so you have to do like a lot, a lot, a lot of listening. And like you can just, uh, I don't know, like maybe you really enjoy uh, a certain celebrity. You can just listen to their interviews. Like you will understand a lot, but you know, it gets you into the mood. It gets you into the motion and you always pick up on little bits you know what I mean? Like there's all, there are always like little cracks where certain things fall through. Right. And I think it might also be as a native speaker, you're used to just, you're used to your language. You don't yeah. have to try to understand it. You hear it. And if you're paying even a little bit of attention, you comprehend it. Exactly. When you're listening to a language you are trying to learn. Um, I've done this with German and Japanese. Like I can just listen passively, like I'm listening to an English speaker and I might pick out a word or two, but if I actually like, you know, focus, I can like, okay, how are they like, how are they structuring this sentence? Okay. That, right. Cause that's how this language does this. Cause most languages don't structure things like English. Um, uh, picking up these words, there's this context clue. 
okay, I think I kind of have a rough idea what's going on. Yeah. Like it, you just have to, you can't just default to not paying attention or just yeah. a minimum amount of attention. That's exactly what I mean. So there's this uh, phenomenon called um, the Baden-Meinhof um, phenomenon. So or, or it's also known as like the frequency illusion. Like I remember when my mom got like a brand new car. Uh, it was a gold car. And before she bought that car, I had never seen it at all. Like I had never seen this car. It was the first time in my life I had seen this car. And after she bought it, suddenly I see the car everywhere. And I was like, wow, this is like a super popular car. Like everyone's buying it. <laughs> but it wasn't that everyone was suddenly buying this new car. It was I was suddenly noticing it more. And it gives you like the illusion that something occurs more often than it than it actually does. And this is the same with like language. So let's say you learn, I don't know, let's say, for example, like a Russian word, like privet, like for hello. And let's say that's the first time you've ever heard that word. And I tell you what the word is in Russian. And then like, let's say you go like downtown where there are a whole bunch of Russian speakers. And then suddenly, like you hear the word all the time. And so you think like, wow, people are always saying this in Russian when, or when, when actuality, they were always saying it, you just couldn't notice it. And so that's what I mean. Like when you try and create like these cracks, so like the more you listen, the more you pick up on like these small details and they get bigger over time. Right. And then eventually, ideally you understand more than you don't understand. And then that'll, again, those context clues will help you. Yeah. Figure yeah, out the little bits you're miss you're missing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you need context clues. Um, there's this idea of like comprehensible input, which I just described, which is you try to find something that is simple enough but entertaining. Um, and that's kind of like what I do for like, or I used to do for like French and like Japanese. You would just find stuff that, like, if let's say you know no like Japanese at all or no French, if you find simple material. It's easy to understand. <laughs> it, it just depends on, on like where you begin. Hmm. But, but yeah, like motivation, it, it just isn't enough, I would say. And it, I guess it depends on what, what your motivation is. I, I would say there's like good and bad motivation, in my opinion. Oh, uh, how so? Yeah, like for example... Let's say you want to learn what, like Chinese. Like, so you're, you met a Chinese girl and she's really nice and you want to learn Chinese to talk to her because, you know, you're really into her or whatnot. Or it could be a guy, it doesn't matter. And so you learn Chinese and you get to a point where you can like talk to this person. But let's say, for example, uh, they, they go back to like China and you never see this person ever again. Are you going to stop learning Chinese? Most people would because there's no motivation. So your whole motivation for learning Chinese was talking to this person. But once this person is gone, you just stop learning. And I would say that's bad motivation. Because if you tie your motivation to one person, once that person is gone, you just stop learning. Um, I have had plenty of friends. I've had really good conversations with in French. And like my whole motivation was to talk to them in French. And then we stopped being friends. <laughs> and so it's like, oh. So do like I continue learning French now or do I do something else? And that's what I would say would be bad motivation. Am I, and like for me personally. 
Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely see how you'd want something more long-term and sustainable that, uh, yeah, definitely. I suppose nothing that could uh, definitely not anything superficial. No, um, but like what motivates you? Like what makes, what motivates you to learn? So just in general or Japanese? Oh, just in general, old Japanese too. That That's also true. Well, specifically for Japanese one, I, I like the language. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of the culture. I want to visit there at some point in the near future. And it, it seemed like one of those things, like languages are always tough for me, even when I was studying German in high school, like I, hmm. I understand a little here, a little there, but I feel like, I don't know, the leap from understanding bits and pieces to any sort of real practical comprehension just seemed impossible to me. And then, you know, throughout the times I have been studying Japanese, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've just been like on the cusp of like some under some real understanding more so than my year with German and uh, and with a language with a character set so radically different that I'm used to kind of made me feel like, oh, this is actually possible. I could actually do this if I, you know, if I keep up on this. Yeah. And I, that's that's a good feeling. I, I can wholeheartedly agree and understand that. Uh, it's my, my motivation too. Um for learning Japanese, but I'm not super, I was super obsessed with it when I was younger. And now it's just, I like languages in general. So, and I do like the characters. I, I think a lot of Westerners love the, the Chinese characters. So that's why the languages are pretty popular. Oh, Korean, I definitely do not like them at all. You don't? Why? Because they're difficult? They're, yeah, they're like, and to me, I don't have good handwriting and I'm not uh, very good at drawing. And this those characters feels like it's combining the two and I can tell it's going to be rough, especially when it gets into more complicated kanji. But see, the beauty of that is that you don't have to write. I n- I never write in Japanese because I don't have to. <laughs> and it's, I don't want to say write, writing isn't necessarily a useless ability, but it's kind of overstated because think about how many people can't spell English. Like how many people like have just terrible spelling but because of like stuff like Grammarly or like uh, uh, Word or Google, you can figure out what the spelling of the word is. So like sometimes I forget the spelling of certain words all the time, actually. And but I know they're wrong. So when I type the word out, I'm like, this doesn't look right. Let me check. And then I'll check and be like, oh, OK, I wrote E instead of I or something. So you have like a so I, I have more or less a good idea of what a word looks like, what it sounds like and how to write it. But every now and then I forget like a letter or two. And it's the same like with Japanese. Um, I read Japanese more than I actually write it. So why would I sit down and write it? If I ever go to Japan for any extended period of time, sure, I'll like sit down and practice my handwriting. But just for like pure enjoyment, most of the work is done by the computer anyway. So there's no point in like learning how to write at the beginning that's fair enough i will say for me personally uh mm-hmm. with english when i'm when i'm speaking i do not like using words i can't visualize sometimes i'll learn a new word i'm like oh i have no idea how that's spelled i really don't like that like it's just something in my brain i it's it's like i like having a mental picture of the word spelled out in front of me as i speak and if i can't do that i feel, <laughs> i feel uncomfortable like i'm lacking some understanding and i don't like that feeling yeah, that's true. A lot of people like to use words they don't actually understand or grasp, so they sound 
more more intelligent than <laughs> than what they are. Now, I def I always avoid words I don't personally use on a daily basis. Um, otherwise, you sound kind of pedantic. <laughs> See, like, I, I I usually end up sounding like that, so I just I like I like splashing in some fun different words every now and again, just because vocab is fun. Oh, that's true. Um, although it is kind of awkward when you have to actually explain stuff to someone, and then you realize you didn't actually understand the word. <laughs> and that's right. happened to me a, a couple of times. Um, what's super weird is when you learn a word in a foreign language and the, 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 the native speakers don't actually know that word. And this has happened to me plenty of times. I'll talk to people and I'll, I'll tell them about like what I, what I do for work and I'll use like some terminology for my work. And they're like, I have no idea what that means. Like, can you explain it to me? And that's a true test of your abilities is to explain uh, words to a native in their own language so that they understand it. And that's been kind of difficult. Hmm. Yeah, I've never. <laughs> I mean, that's like at the very end, though. That's not something you, that's like. That's like the like the final boss battle. <laughs> I would I would <laughs> the final say boss battle of language. Yeah, that's like at the very end of language is when you have to explain stuff to natives about their own language. Um, that's at the very end, but it's all, it's about baby steps, I would say. And that's a big part of motivation is people want to do too much, right away. They're like, I've been learning Russian for like two months, like why can't I understand everything? And it's something that it, it takes a very long time to feel comfortable with language, I would say. Right. The motivation is I want to speak Russian. I want to be able to have conversations with, with people and understand their foreign media, but you have to do all the, uh, I guess that makes sense. You have to do all the non-glamorous, not fun work that comes before it. Um, yeah. You're, you're honestly not going to be getting uh, much return on your time investment for a while the, yeah that's true like a lot of a lot of the stuff you do in language is it's delayed gratification because the theory is just do a lot of work and you'll get the reward later and the tricky part here is that if you do it incorrectly the reward will never come <laughs> you'll just spin your wheels forever mm -hmm. um and trying to find a good balance between doing it correctly and like waiting for the results is, is I would say pretty tricky. Yeah. And I think that's going to, that scares a lot of people away is, you know, they'll spend a month or so on it and they're like, Oh man, I am not getting anywhere. Uh, and I am not wasting any more of my time on this. I'm done. Yeah, that's true. But I wouldn't say it's a waste of time because you figured out what doesn't work. So the only way to find out what does work is finding out what doesn't work. So if you do, I don't know, like Duolingo for like two weeks for Japanese, let's say you're like, you're a complete beginner and you finish two weeks and you're like, oh, that was such a waste of time. Like, uh, I can't believe I wasted two weeks of my time, but did you really waste it? Or did you actually find something that just doesn't work for you? And that's, that's how I view it. And plus, no matter how bad a resource is, you always learn something from it. Even if it's just like one word, maybe like you do Duolingo and the only word you learned was Konnichiwa. But I mean, you, you still learn one word, so it's one word less yeah. you got to learn later. Yeah, so I don't think it's but a it, waste. And, you know, even if you just learn 
very basic things. Like I still have some very, very basic, um, you know, German words. I know, you know, there's probably some, I, I don't even know that I know. I would just hear it in the right context and be like, Oh, I know. So, you know, you'll have a word or two, you know, in a sentence, you'd know, and you just happen to like, Oh, they're talking about butterflies. Cause for some reason I will never forget Der Schmetterling. Cause I thought it was so funny when I was learning German. Uh, so, you know, if I'm standing like outside and I hear Schmetterling, I'm like, oh, they're probably talking about the butterflies nearby. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's not useless. It's just, it's, it's not super useful, but you can get some context clues. And if you're watching foreign media or something like that, it might have a limited benefit. And then, you know what? It might tempt you to go back. Yeah, definitely. And people forget how big their passive vocabulary is. So for native speakers, they usually say people have an active vocabulary around 10 to 15,000 words, I would say. Um, or no, sorry, like a total vocabulary of around like 20 or 30,000. But the amount of words you actually use every day is very, is very small. It's around like, like a couple thousand words. So you don't use every word every single day. I mean, I don't know how often I use the word economy. Like in my personal life, almost never. Um, but someone who works with, you know, with money probably uses this every day. So it kind of varies. But most people will use the word like two, four, like basic stuff. Um, and then you said like useless word. I don't think there are any useless words. I think that's a myth. One thing. So like with Japanese, a lot of people learn it for anime. And you'll often hear like, oh, it's not real Japanese or like all those words are useless. But I don't think that's true because they're useless in certain contexts. So if I'm talking about like spaceships, that's not going to help me in a job interview. (laughs) But if I'm watching a documentary about, you know, space and I watch a lot of anime about space, then I'll probably understand a lot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's how I view it. Plus those are all words native speakers uh, understand. So like for an English perspective, like superheroes, like they talk, very differently than like real people but every single word they use like are words we know like automatically so it's not like a it's not like they're using like like fake english i mean it's actual english it's just i don't walk around talking like superman all day long (laughs) no (laughs) yeah but it's still real english so you can still learn a lot It's, it's useful to learn you just need to understand like hey um the foundation here is real but yeah. Remember where you learned this from. Yeah, exactly. Um, my friends have laughed so often. Like, I'll learn something from anime. And I'll, I'll, I think I understand how to use it. And then I'll talk to my friend and she'll just, like, laugh. Like, she'll understand what I meant. She's like, like did you learn that, like, from anime? Because it's so funny. But they understand you. Like, they laugh, but, you know, they understand you. So I think people should get away from this notion that like, there are useless words. Um, just there are different contexts for words, I would say. I think that's fair enough. Do you have anything else on the topic of motivation? No, just, uh, I guess to wrap up is just people got to, they have to stay motivated more and you have, you have to find a motivation that is perpetual, you know, and I wouldn't tie it to like one thing, you know, try and find like motivation in like music and books and movies and like try and understand why 
you're learning something. And I guess like a closing point is, uh, I guess you can understand that like having no reason is also a good reason. I was reading a post on Reddit the other day and some guy was like, why would you learn Japanese at all? And someone responded with, well, why not? <laughs> and sometimes right. that's, that's a reason of like, why not learn it? Um, but yeah, that, that was my closing point. You got one? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, I think you basically covered everything I was going over. I'm going to try and, uh, I feel like you definitely gave some good advice this, this week and I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to try to apply it going forward, especially, you know, motivation isn't enough. You have to have the determination to follow through good times or bad times. Yeah, definitely. I guess, I guess one last point is you have to realize that there's, it's not something that'll happen overnight. A lot of people watch these videos on YouTube. They're like, Hey, you can learn Russian in three months, which, which has never happened. And, <laughs> and people get discouraged. So you're in it for like the long haul. So you're not going to learn it in two weeks or in like two months. Um, it'll take like months, if not years of effort to get to a decent level um, with any skill really. But yeah, that was my last point. And uh, if you don't have one, then yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, and yeah, I'll see you, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye everyone. <laughs> Bye.